According to psychologists, there are four types of intelligence. The first one is the intelligence quotient, which is your IQ. This is the measure of your level of comprehension. Secondly, the emotional quotient, which is your EQ. This is the measure of your ability to maintain peace with others, keep to time, which I don't think our church has a great emotional quotient in. But nevertheless, emotional quotient, this is the measure of your ability to maintain peace with others. I think we're good at that. Keep time, not very good. Be responsible, be honest, respect boundaries, be humble, genuine, and considerate. Thirdly, the social quotient. And I think Lyft is very, very good with that. We've got something like 35 different nationalities here, people from different walks of faith when it comes to churches. We have people here who's never been a part of a church before, and we're so thrilled when they come to Lyft because we have a high SQ, social quotient. This is the measure of your ability to build a network of friends and maintain it over a long period of time. Now there is a fourth one the psychologists tell us, and this is a new paradigm. They call it the adversity quotient, the AQ, the measure of your ability to go through a rough patch in life and to come out of it without, in quotation marks, losing your mind. And of course, This is one that all of us are challenged with from some time or one time, another within our lives. It is just a real reality. And this morning, I want to talk about the topic, just simply dark places. When we step into dark places within our lives, I want to ask you, is there a happy place that you find in your lives? Oftentimes we speak to people and we say, what is your happy place? Now Jenny knows that my happy place is when I get home from the office and um, I go out for a walk. It's about a 50-minute walk. Sometimes I extend it to about an hour and a half around the most beautiful place in the world, and that's Hagendorn. And as I walk around there, that's where we live. That's my happy place. And maybe two or three times a week, I'll just go walking. And I just absolutely love it. It's a place where God just calms my heart. It's a place where mentally I am stimulated by the incredible surroundings. And um, just spiritually, I really connect with God in a most profound way. And Jenny said to me, Piet, where were you? Which, which route did you walk? And I said, my normal route. She said, but Piet, you've done it a hundred times. I said to her, that's my happy place. For Jenny, her happy place is after we've had dinner and maybe we'll watch an episode of a series. She just goes into the bedroom with me. No, that's not true. She goes into the bedroom with her book. And that is her happy place. 
and she'll just sit and she will read and she will read and she will read. That's her happy place. So we know and we found our happy places in life. But my friends, each and every one of us will also enter dark places within our lives. It doesn't matter who you are, from which family you come. It doesn't matter which nationality you are. It doesn't matter your level of spirituality and godliness. Each and every one of us, at some time or another, will enter a dark place. This morning, I would like us to look at a life that is my inspiration. This person is my hero. And um, this person has brought me through those dark places within my life, but also have been in my happy place. And uh, his name is Jesus. I knew you would know that. And that's why I was so thrilled as Ken and I were praying and as Krista came with that prophetic input this morning that um, I really believe God is wanting to speak to us this morning through Jesus, just about this dark place that Jesus had to step into. Jesus also had a happy place. Its happy place was when he withdrew from the crowds and uh, he just went and he spent time with his father alone. That was his happy place. But even God has gone through dark places. And I want to say within their lives, because we know that God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All together in one. The Trinity. But we see here that Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, entered into a place that was very, very dark for him. And so I'd like you to read this passage of Scripture with me. And as we read God's Word, which is found in Mark chapter 14, all of those of you online, I'm sure you've got your Bibles right next to you. Uh, I've got my water right next to me. You may have a cup of coffee or some tea, but would you open your Bibles with us? Lift, if you could do that too, please. Just turn into your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 14, and let's read from verse 32. Mark chapter 14, reading from verse 32 to verse 41. If you found the place, would you look up and just smile at me, please? Because I may not start if you don't smile at me. <laughs> Yaku, I'm waiting for that smile yet. There we go. That's a great smile. <laughs> Yeroon at the back there represents the back groups there. I can see that smile, although my eyes are not that good yet. Adam is too far away. I can't see him. I take such courage when I read the Word of God. 
and I'd like you, being in that dark place maybe that you are in, just to take courage from the word of God that just comes alive when we listen to it, when we read it. And this is what verse 32 says. Listen to God speak to you about our wonderful Jesus, our wonderful Lord, our wonderful Savior, our God. Verse 32 says, They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. To the point of death, he said. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little bit further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Verse 37 says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said, Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. Then he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the, fourth, the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Jesus understands what lies ahead of him in the next hours. He asks his disciples to go with him into the garden and to spend the last few hours with him as he goes to pray. As it was Jesus' custom, he asks his three friends, Peter, James, and John, to go with him into those final hours. What a privilege we would think. It would be. We see that firstly, Jesus talks to his father and asks his father a few things that we've noticed in our reading. We see that he was under such pressure that the sweat from his brow became like drops of blood. And again, as we see Jesus in that place, you and I face similar challenges or dark places within our lives. Just about a week ago, a week and a half ago, it was Mental Health Day. And over the last 70 years, a lot of work has been put in the state of, of 
of who we are and the challenges that we go through emotionally and mentally. And I know that after COVID, um, people have come through that time well and others of us have not come through that time so well. And so oftentimes I speak to Hans Rudy, seated, seated at the back there, and when we have people within our church who face certain challenges, I would call Hans Rudy. And um, he's a psychiatrist and he um, helps us as a church just to help some of our people because it is such an important thing to help one another through these challenges that we face within our lives. You know, uh, I'm so glad that we as a church does not believe this erroneous error and false teaching which says that Christians should not have hard times. We do have hard times. Jesus, the very Son of God who was sinless and spotless, entered the Garden of Gethsemane and he was anxious, the Bible says. I'm not sure whether I can accurately state and say he was fearful because we know that Jesus never sinned but yet in his humanity he was overcome by the moment and he was in such a desperate situation that he cried out to God and even to the place where he said to God father I know what you've prepared me for I know you prepared me for the darkest period within my life where I would take the sins of mankind upon myself and I will bear them in a few hours. He looked at his father, he said, I know that you've prepared me for this moment where the wrath that was meant for the whole world in just a few hours will fall on me. He says, I know that that is my mission. I know that is my purpose here. He says, I know, Father, as I enter the next few hours and the last few hours of my life here on earth, that you have destined me to be in that place where I take the sins of the world, your very wrath upon myself. But he says, Father, the thing that is, 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 is huge for me is that you're going to turn your face from me in that moment. And I think Jesus felt very alone in those moments. You see, Jesus walked in perfect unity with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. But in that moment, when Jesus took our sins upon himself that day, he experienced the weight of sin, the terrible wrath of God that was meant for you and I, but he also experienced the disfavor of his father because he became sin for us and he felt that weight upon his shoulders it truly was a dark place for Jesus as he entered into this part of his life now let's have a look at what happened and how Jesus walked and journeyed into this part of his life. In Mark chapter 14, 
verses 32 and verses 33. It says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. I don't know if you feel the emotion. I feel the emotion when I just read it of my Savior, of my Lord, my wonderful King in that moment. We, we feel that for people who are going through distressing times. Um, our hearts just really broke for Desiree and Martin and their beautiful children last week as we prayed for them up front here. We feel it, but I genuinely, I, I really feel what Jesus felt that day as he entered the garden of Gethsemane. But to overcome the inevitable, the unavoidable, the inescapable challenges that laid before him, we see out of this verse that Jesus committed himself to community. My friends, when we experience and we enter those dark places within our lives, which is inevitable, they will come. Make sure that just like Jesus, we commit ourselves to community. He took Peter, James, and John with him. That sounds incredibly spiritual, does it? My friends, Jesus took his friends with him into that dark place that he walked in. You see, the natural reaction for Jesus could have been just to go by himself and to work it out himself and to push through this dark place by himself, to suffer by himself and to think that he was going to get through it by himself. But he took his three trusted friends with him. And they stepped into that place. Someone once said, if you get hurt by the church and in the church, don't expect to get healing outside of the church. You've got to step back into community and find your healing there. Eskeli Harrell says, we don't heal in isolation, but in community. That's where we need to find ourselves. We've got to touch each other when we're in our dark places. We've got to trust trust each other when we go through those difficult places. We've got to hug each other when we go through those difficult places. I almost want to say you, you've, you've, you've got to smell the sweat of the struggle that we have when someone goes through it. You've got to embrace them because they would be struggling. And when we struggle, my friends, there are times when your struggling friend doesn't smell too well. But community means that we embrace each other during this time. And my friends, this is what Jesus was looking for as he entered those last few hours on earth. 
shared this scripture with Fabian and Villa on their married day. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Then when we look at Mark chapter 14, verse 34, we see that Jesus says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Jesus faced his present reality and he named it. He gave it a name. I think as Christians, sometimes we're super spiritual. We don't face our present realities and we don't give it a name because we feel that we would be criticized, we would be look, that we, people would look down upon us and people um, would feel ashamed of us. But you know, my friends, I have found that whenever I'm in community and when I'm struggling and the friends that I have around me, when I face my reality and when I name it, your experience may be different from mine, but I can't preach your experience. I can only preach my experience. I have never been let down in the community that I have. At Lyft, the last nine years, I've got wonderful friends here. Sometimes we're closer than at other times. Sometimes we're together more than at other times. And sometimes our friends change as this church is, is because sometimes your friends leave and sometimes they stay longer. But we need to face our present reality and we need to name it. I remember... It was when Chris graduated about, what, two, three months ago. And um, we were in Barcelona. We were in a place called Sitges, so, so beautiful. Got the family together and many of Chris's friends came and we had barbecues at the house and we had family from South Africa traveling over from Portugal and we were just together having such a fantastic time. And I remember... The first night in this house that we had rented, Jen and I went to bed at about 11, half past 11. I remember putting the blinds down and um, getting in bed just to go to sleep. And as I opened my eyes, probably after an hour's sleep or so, I started to feel anxious and an anxiety came over me where I became so fearful I didn't know what to do with myself. And I looked and, and it was so dark and it felt like the walls were just coming upon me. And if you know me, I'm, I'm always up for a challenge. I like a challenge. When I was small, whenever someone challenged me, even if they were much better at me at something, I would not step back for the challenge. And I guess that's maybe why God called us to Switzerland, because this is a challenging place. 
And um, I'm always up for the challenge. But that night, I was so fearful. And I don't want to wake Jenny up. One thing that I've learned, learned of my wife, she loves reading a book that's her happy place, and her other happy place is sleeping. So I dare not wake her up. And I got up. I walked through, I went to the lounge, and it was very, very hot. I think it was in the 30 degrees in Barcelona, and I opened the door, and that heat hit me, but I sat outside there for hours. I did everything I knew to do to get rid of that fear. I looked to my Heavenly Father, and I asked Him to deliver me from this fear. I started praying in tongues, which I love to do. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than all of you because he knew what it meant to get the spiritual strength where you can't name it. And I just prayed and I prayed and I prayed. That didn't work. I cast out every demon and spiritual force that I could name. That didn't work. On my phone, I read some scriptures as I sat there. That didn't work. And after about two, three hours, I went back into the room. And as I lay there, I didn't sleep. I trembled with fear within my heart. Got a little bit of sleep. An hour later, woke up, and we carried on with our day. Never told Jenny anything about it. And um, then the next night, as I was pulling those blinds down, and anxiety and a fear hit me. And I sat there, and I was so scared. And I went through the same ritual, went into the kitchen, opened it, and the people whose house we were renting, they had a little white bunny rabbit that ran around. And my thoughts were, I'm outside, that bunny rabbit's going to get out and disappear, and I'm going to have to look for a bunny rabbit. But I was outside there. And then after a couple of hours of being totally unsuccessful in using all of my years of being a Christian to overcome this fear, I went back into my room and Jenny was fast asleep. She was sleeping so well. And I lifted up the blinds three quarters so that I could see the outside. And I was able to go to sleep. And for some reason, I forgot to bring put the blinds down. So Jenny woke up a little bit earlier because the sun was coming in. And she says, why did you lift up the blinds? You know, and I just didn't say much. And I walked up. And the next few weeks and months up to today has been fine. It's a real dark place for me. I'd only experienced it once before when we were in France at a BNB. I don't know what it was. I can't even name this reality within my life. But I do know that it happens. And I've encountered many people who go through those type of things too. Some people go through it for a protracted period of time and our hearts just do go out to you. And my friends, Jesus named his present reality with his friends. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow 
to the point of death. He named his reality when he stepped into that dark place. I want to know today if Jesus, the Son of God, was able to name his reality. What a great example to follow. Don't deny your reality. I think sometimes, and my next point is a very important point too, but sometimes we can faith our realities away where we don't name it. But we've got to face it. We've got to name it. Jesus did that. But then look, this is what um, Thomas Kemper says. He says, who has a harder fight than he who is striving to overcome himself? And in those moments, I was striving to overcome myself, my own personal fear, striving to overcome the demonic uh, forces that could have been at play there. But I was also cherishing and hoping for the Father's love just to be my present reality. But let's look at the next scripture. In Mark chapter 14, verse 35, verse 35 says, going a little bit further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour may pass from him. Abba Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Now, Point one is commit to community. Have good friends. Point two, face your present reality and name it. Don't run away from it. Thirdly, faith your challenge. I'm so glad that you were asking me about that point. Faith your challenge. You cannot just face your present realities and name it. What you have to do is to bring God into it. That is what Jesus did. Jesus said, my soul is overwhelmed. To the, uh, uh, Jesus said, going a little bit farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that, if it is possible, the hour may pass from him. He said, Abba, Father, he said, Abba, Father. My friends, we faith our present realities when we look to Abba, Father. Parts of our church are very good in facing present realities. But not very good at facing your challenge. That means to bring God into the picture. My friends, in the years that I've been a Christian, I've been through many dark places within my life. One thing I know that I could not overcome those dark places by myself. I could not even overcome those dark places with my friends or even in community. And part of community is to get professional help when we need it. But those are not enough. There are some of us who need to hear today that we need to bring God into 
our dark places and our present realities. How good are you to become spiritual in those moments of present realities when you're in a dark place? Now, I think you see the balance here that I've spoken about. We see it in Jesus' life. So I'm not going to overqualify what I'm saying. But my friends, you need to face your dark place by inviting the Father into that place with you. Jesus cried, Abba, Father, if it is, if it is possible, let this cup pass me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. How many of you know that Jesus knew the answer that the Father was going to give him? It was almost kind of like a rhetorical question he was asking. He knew the answer. But what he did was he brought his Father into his dark place. He was being spiritual. You can do all of the other things, but if you lose out in this dimension, my friends, you will not have full breakthrough eventually one day. And that one day may be like for me, it was two days where I had to struggle against stuff that was way beyond me. I know that eventually I sensed and felt, more importantly, the pleasure of the Father. But I had to faith my challenge. Hebrews chapter 11 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That reward sometimes comes in the form of a breakthrough. For some, it takes two or three days. For some, it takes a week. For some, it will take years. I remember during one dark place within my life, um, the challenges that I faced took maybe a year and a half, two years that I had to push through some of the struggles that I had. But I knew that the Father was with me. I want to say to you, Do not give up within that dark place. Embrace your friends. Share your struggles with your friends. One of the great privileges that I have is that I hear about your struggles. Some of you talk to me about it and to others. And we walk it together. I know on two mornings ago, I don't know when it was, Thursday morning, and for some reason, maybe I'm just missing Jenny a little bit now. Don't tell her, but I'm missing her a little bit now. And I've been waking up at about like four o'clock in the mornings. And on Thursday morning, I woke up and I was obviously thinking through this message today. And I really felt God move on me to pray, not for those people who are going through these dark places, and there's several of us who are, but I felt God just move upon me to pray for the spouses of those people 
who are going through the dark places. And I just caught myself just praying for person after person after person that I knew who was going through the dark places, but the spouses of those people. Let's not forget the spouses of the people who are experiencing these very, very difficult things that's going on within their lives. The last thing that I want us to look at how Jesus faced his dark place. I want you to read Mark chapter 14 verses 41 and 42 with me and it says this. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. And this may sound a little bit harsh if you're within this dark place, but my friends, when we're in a dark place, we've got to be courageous. And we see that Jesus is courageous here. And we see here that Jesus stood up to the challenge that faced him. Reality is this, that even though Jesus committed him to community, his community failed him. Come on, I want you to acknowledge that if you could. I've been very, very blessed. Yeah, um, to be, when I think back now, there are sometimes you know, situations where community failed me. I understand that. But overall, community's been my best friend. <laughs> but in this instant, community failed Jesus. My friends, when community fails you, don't give up. Because you'll find out if you trust community again, community will come through. Community is human. Community is flawed, but God uses the flawed things to help us. Would you say, can you say amen to that? That in itself is a healing point for you and I. Jesus knew it so well. But he had to gather his courage together. He knew the hour was even closer. And he stood up and he faced the challenge. I knew. On the third night, after the two nights that was horrendous, I had to face my challenge and go back to bed and go to sleep. What I did do after Jenny was asleep, she didn't know it, I did lift up the blinds a little bit further so that I could see it. And so gradually, I think the last night the blinds were down. Got to face your challenge. You've got to stand up and face the challenge. And I really, really do hope it doesn't sound harsh. But it's the truth. If you don't stand up, you will not get through it. Let me read Mark again, 1441. Returning the third time. The third time. He tried community three times, Jesus. Three times community failed him. 
he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. Don't you love that? I love that. Enough. My friends, there are times when we just need to say, enough. Gather our courage together. And it's amazing when we start to face our challenge. And that faith, and I say it so carefully, when our faith rise up within us, we start to push through those challenges a little by little. And eventually the dark place will become, as you walk through it, the dark place will give way to your happy place. Some of the most wonderful victories that I've had overcoming the dark place has been the sweetest when I push through it and it becomes my happy place. My friends, your biggest struggle can end off becoming your best place in God. Because you see, he is committed to us stepping through it. Why? Hebrew writer says that Jesus knows what we are going through. He sympathizes with our weaknesses, with our sinfulness, with the difficulties that we go through. Why? Because he was tempted in exactly the same ways as you and I are. Yet without sin, he came through so that he can help us through it. Would you stand, please? Without sounding flippantly again, let your dark place give way and let it become your happy place. With the worship, the band, please come forward. I want you to, to encourage you if you're experiencing anxiety to the level that it is just truly overwhelming. Commit yourself to community. Would you do that? That's the first step. Just commit yourself to community. At times when you can't take that third step as Jesus did where he commits himself to the Father, your community will help you. We point people as Christians towards Jesus. That's what we do. Towards Jesus. That's what community does. I'm so thrilled that Hans Rudy is one of the psychiatrists <coughs> within our church. But when he treats people, particularly within our church, it's not just with medication, which is so important, but he's a man who loves Jesus passionately and he'll point you towards Jesus too. At the end of the day, we need to do that. So I want to ask you today, if you're struggling, speak to us. We would love to point you in the right directions and journey with you as you go through that dark place.